Genesis chapter 37, verses 2 through 4, 18 through 20, and chapter 50, verses 15 through 21. This is the account of Jacob. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, and he brought their father a bad report about them. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons, because he had been born to him in his old age, and he made a richly ornamented robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. But they saw him in the distance, and before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. Here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. Come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of those cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, What if jo Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? So they sent word to Joseph, saying, Your father left these instructions before he died. This is what you are to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now please forgive the sins of the servants of the God of your father. When their message came to Joseph, he wept. His brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, Don't be afraid. I, am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. I will be reading. Good morning, everyone. Statewide fires, COVID-19, child sex traffickers, police shooting unarmed people in the streets, pornography on the rise, and even more than that, pornography being more and more accepted. I forgot to turn this mic on, didn't I? There we go. I was relying on this one. Hurricanes and all that come with it. Floods, winds, and damage. Toilet paper and Dr. Pepper shortages. These are just a few of what we've faced over the last, what's this, nine months. Not even that, since March. And if you're like me, 2020 began with excitement, vision, and the hope of good things to come. And again, if you're like me, you may be a little disappointed, or a lot disappointed, feeling let down, and ashamed of things happening in and around this nation. The truth is, so much is out of our control. We like to be overseeing things in our lives and know that we're able to look after our loved ones and be able to protect them with all that we have. Now I do this, but I don't like doing it, being a passenger in a car. I'd rather be the driver. I, I am the passenger sometimes, but I don't like it because it means I'm putting my life in the hands of somebody else and whoever else is on the road. I have no control. Now don't get me wrong, I also don't like roller coasters. Don't put me near them. 
but I love taking off and landing on a plane. That rush of the takeoff and the landing, I just love. And I have no control over that. You don't want me behind the stick or whatever you fly a plane with. When I'm in control, I feel like I can do something. We only have one life. How we choose to live it is really up to us. Yes, I understand. Things will happen to us like COVID and hurricanes that we have absolutely no control over. But how we respond to these things is what we can and must control. The truth is, the reason we don't like things we cannot control is because we lose stability. I'm glad this stall was up here. I checked this out yesterday. This stall has been up here for a while, and I realized, can you hear that? It's got four legs and it wobbles. There's nothing worse than sitting on a stool or a chair or sitting at a table in a restaurant and somebody leans down and the whole table, whew, you've been there, right? When the table legs are not level. Now the ground could be completely secure and be firm and completely flat, but it wobbles. It's, lo it's lost its stability. It doesn't feel safe, and we don't feel comfortable sitting on it or at it because it, it wobbles. We don't like wobbly stuff. Take that personally if you want, but that's not what I was going with. Realistically, we find, when we find a problem like that, we'll stick a tissue under it and we try to have a temporary fix. We like to do things ourselves. But what if I told you there is a permanent fix to all problems? When life wobbles, instead of putting a napkin under the lead, sometimes a simple yet drastic change needs to happen in our lives. Let's see if I find this right. I couldn't find a three-legged stool in the building, so I have a tripod. This will get the same idea across. A tripod, and even I notice this microphone over here has it. It's got three legs. Why? Because they're stable. Three legs are stable. So many pieces to this one. Three legs are stable, because as you pull it out, it doesn't wobble. The weight is evenly distributed between the three legs. When you have four, if something goes wrong with one of the legs, it starts to wobble. This will not wobble. Now the top may not be completely level, and if I adjusted this, I can still angle it, but it's still stable. It does not move, it does not wobble. And I've titled this lesson, Being a Three-Legged Stool in a Four-Legged World, because so often, we like to include ourselves as a leg to have control. But the truth is, we have no control, which leaves only three other beings for us to lean on. Three-legged stools don't wobble. And like I said, sometimes it can be off skew, but it will not lose its stability. 
it is firm. It is on a, all three legs are touching, unlike the four. You no doubt have instability in your life, maybe concerning your job or lack of one. How are you going to pay your bills? Marriage instability causes a lot of other kinds of instability. It could be another relationship with a child or a co-worker or a parent, a physical concern or need, the future of medical insurance and spiraling medical costs, or even the questioning of faith due to hardships faced. The list can go on and on. Obviously, the current coronavirus and financial crisis are good examples. Things just absolutely feel out of control, and definitely out of our control. It seems like there's simply nothing most of us can do right now but wait. And I'd argue most of the Western culture doesn't teach waiting very well. Throughout the scriptures, we read of characters that are faltered, good men and women, but who clearly make many mistakes. We read of David, a man after God's own heart, an adulterer and a murderer. Moses, a leader of Israel, with excuses and a temper. Peter, desires to do what is right, but denies Christ and then excludes believers. The list is endless. But one person does stand out above the rest for stability in faith and character. And that's Joseph of the Old Testament. Joseph really seems to have had it figured out. Even in comparison to his dad, Jacob, it seemed to take him until he was much older to get his life together. There's a reason the Bible dedicates 13 chapters to his life he is a great example of stability. You might think he was able to do well because God blessed him and he had an easy life. Not so much. He surrounded his life, sorry, he lived surrounded by instability. He had to wonder what was next going to go wrong. Brief overview of Joseph's life because I'm not going to read 13 chapters. Everyone say amen to that. So Jacob was his father, and Joseph was the favorite son, and therefore, if there's a favorite in the family, the rest hated him, right? Being the youngest, I know what it's like to be picked on, and it must be because they've realized they've got the perfect child, and everybody else had to pick on me then. Um, so I know what that's like. Just hidden, uh, mom at home. Um, um, so his brothers hated him, so they threw him into a pit and said, let's leave him there and he'll die. Wait a minute, we can make some money out of this. So these Ishmaelites traveling down and this traveling caravan of traders, they sold him for a modern equivalent of $200. Youth group, would you sell your brother or sister for a pair of AirPods? That's the equivalent, $200. And then if that wasn't bad enough, I hope I didn't hear a yes in that. Um, <laughs> if being sold once wasn't bad enough, he was sold again, this time 
into the house of Potiphar, who deigned trust and loved Joseph, and he was, according to Genesis 39, verse 9, he was made equal in that household. Later, he was falsely accused of trying to sleep with his master's wife. Now, I've always pictured her to be this older, yet pretty attractive lady. She may have been the ugliest thing and avoided temptation altogether. I don't know. Uh, we don't have a picture of what she looked like. Um, so maybe fleeing temptation was easy. I don't know. But Potiphar threw, her, threw him into another pit, this one with the title, Jail. In prison, he meets two men who have a dream, different dreams on the same night. And he interprets their dreams. Three days later, one man is taken into the, the uh, king's house and he's uh, re-enlisted as a servant in the house. The other man is killed. And then Joseph is forgotten. Joseph asked to be remembered, but he was forgotten yet again. Up until this point, Joseph, maybe a little bratty at the start of his life, has been disregarded by family, his boss, and the limited friends that he may have, all while trying to help them. When the time was right, God raised him out of the pit, out of despair, out of the realm of the unknown, to become the second most powerful man in Egypt, who then became the one who drew his family together again, closer than they'd ever been before. Now, there are three ways for Joseph, and therefore us, to respond to situations we are put in that are out of our control. First one is to resist, by revolting or withdrawing. We can resist, and we can fight, and we can say, no, we're not going to let this happen, and what good is that going to get us? The second one, we can give in and adopt the new way of life, accepting it as it is. Well, I guess I'm just going to be a slave now. I'm just going to do what I've got to do and keep my head low and hope that I'm forgotten, that I can maybe then sneak out and run away. I don't know. And then the third one. This one is a little more difficult to do. To settle in, build grow, and seek the, will, the, seek the well-being of his master, praying to the Lord on his behalf. This is neither compromise nor revolt. Think of Daniel. He didn't give in and adopt the new ways. In fact, he told the leaders, I will not eat what you're asking me to eat. He didn't refuse to be taken or become useless in the Babylonian empire. He settled in help build and grow and sort the well-being of Babylon. Yet he did not bow down to the gods and uh, his friends neither, neither did they worship the king. They knew who they needed to worship. And that's what the third one is. <coughs> Excuse me. They knew exile was for the long haul, so they would keep their faith strong and apply it where they were. Now, returning to Joseph, he did the same thing. He knew his faith stood firm. He had the opportunity to revolt or do the bare minimum, 
but he didn't. He worked hard, and his masters benefited from it. He served them in the same way he would serve God. In Colossians chapter 2, verses uh, 23 through 24, it reads, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. By taking this mindset, not resisting powers or giving up and giving in, Joseph was able to flee from the temptations of power and those around him by pursuing righteousness, faith, love, and peace. He didn't even have to question it. Sin came around the corner, and he didn't question. He said, nope, I'm out of here. How quick are we to flee temptation? Paul writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2 again. Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue, fa- r- pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments, because you know they produce quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth, and that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. As Christians, we have a decision to make. We can fight the things around us, calling out sin and evil and not getting very far with it. We can give in and adopt. Well, everybody else is sinning, so I guess I will too. Or the third option, settle into the culture, build relationships. The saying goes, people don't care what you know until they know that you care. Grow and seek the well-being of the people around you, whether it's your family, neighbors, friends, or going up as high as the government, whether we agree with their choices or not. We can stand firm and say no. We can flee from spiritual danger We must set a stability in our lives so that the world knows where the world knows we stand on the word of God, and that's where we find our strength. We are a three-legged stool with the God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit being our legs, all being equal. We cannot wobble or fall. I saw this quote earlier this week and I thought how relevant it is to this message. You can throw in the towel or use it to wipe the sweat off your face. Taking the third option isn't going to be easy. Being a quitter and foolishly speaking up without full understanding is easy to do. And I want to encourage you to pick up that towel and wipe the sweat off your face when things get hard, when things get tough. Finding your strength from God. Joseph spent the majority of his prime years, 17 to 35, in prison and serving foreign masters. How will you allow God to use you? What will you let God do with you, through you, and around you? I also saw this image a while back. 
It says, if you, if you can do all this with a potato, think of all that God can do with you. As this sits for a minute, I want you to think about this. I want us to think about the world we live in and the things we face each and every day. Like I mentioned at the start, COVID-19, storms, damage, police brutality, and our government, no matter where you stand on the current leadership. We have little or no control over many things in our lives, like Joseph. But we must remember and never forget the story of Joseph and our story have one thing in common, and it's unwavering. The constant in our stories is God is with us. He is with us, and he is never going to leave us. So there are three things I want you to take away this week. First thing I want you to take is strong faith, like Joseph's, starts at home. Jacob taught Joseph from a young age that God was with him, and nothing was going to change that. Strong faith starts at home. He knew God, and what was right before him was... Sorry, Joseph knew God, and what was right before him, he was put in a place of temptation. Know God and learn his word, so when hard times come and we are tempted, we have scripture to fall back on. Live it at home and in public. Teach it with your children, no matter what their age Number two, ultimately, this world is not our home. We're just passing through as the song goes. Yes, we are affected by what happens here, but if we consider ourselves to be in exile, not giving up or fighting everything, but seeking the well-being of the people around us, no matter if there are differences, we have an opportunity to be trusted and used by God for the benefit of his people and his kingdom. And third, success comes from finding identity and stability in God. Joseph relied on God to pull him through and for his silly dreams that his brothers hated, for his silly dreams to become reality. And I want to encourage you to dream. Dream big. You never know how God can or will use you if you don't seek goals and strive for them. So faith, strong faith starts at home. This world isn't our home. Let's just do what we can to, to spread that word. Let God use us. And success, like Joseph, going from the pit to second in command in Egypt, that success can only come from finding stability in God. As J.D. read from Genesis chapter 50, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. This story is insanely relatable now as we sit in the midst of unrest and right now outright violence toward our fellow people. We need to maintain the attitude of, Je of Joseph. It is also important to point out that this story mirrors Christ. He was beaten and murdered by Satan's plan. And though it was intended to do harm, God used it to save all people. 
as we turn to the Lord's table and we think about the life Jesus led on this earth, we can see that he didn't revolt against God's creation and become holier than thou. Neither did he sin and say, well, everybody else is doing it. Jesus built a life on this earth with his creation, teaching them and showing them a better way. He said in the same way that Joseph and Daniel said, this is what I stand for. Even if it means dying, ultimately, it's not my will, but the Lord's be done. So as we go into the Lord's table, uh, into the Lord's Supper, as we break bread and take of the cup, ask God to show you how, how to be his light in this broken world. We have a reason to celebrate and praise the Lord because he is steadfast and unwavering and his faithfulness lasts or endures forever. So there are going to be people out there who intend to hurt you and see how far they can push you. There are going to be circumstances out of your control that you, you can't do anything about. There are going to be the people who are like Joseph's older brothers. There are going to be things like hurricanes and COVID and lack of toilet paper that we just cannot control. But when we stay stable, relying on the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, looking to God for his outcome, what others intend to bring us down, we can trust and say what Joseph said. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for the good to accomplish what is now being done. Whether you're at home or here at the building, I invite you to step up and come forward in whatever manner you see fit, whether it's through the waters of baptism or confessing any needs or anything like that. Because life gets wobbly. And the only way for us to stay firm is removing ourselves as a leg and relying on the Father, the Son, and the Spirit for stability and for control. Joseph had little control over the big events in his life, but he did control his actions and reactions to what happened around him. Now, I don't think Joseph was cool with being incarcerated while it was happening. But he did learn to see the providence of God later in life. So in a world of confusion, anger, hatred, and division, how will you respond?